welcome to issue 181 of Critical Encounters, a podcast about Marvel Champions, a living card game by Fantasy Flight Games. Here, we take a good look at the most critical piece of the game, the encounter sets. We'll discuss those poorly understood characters, unfairly labeled villains, and their various plans to shape humanity and benefit the planet, as well as those so-called heroes intent on thwarting them. I'm one of your hosts, Steve, and joining me tonight is Mike. Hi, Mike. How's it going? Hi, Steve. It's going okay. How you feeling are you? tonight? Yeah. I'm feeling okay. I'm a little worried about our friend here, though. His eyes are a little more yellow than usual. Hmm. Yeah. Our friend is uh, Daniel. Hi, Daniel. How you feeling? Hi. Oh, it's, it's nothing, Mike. Don't worry. Oh. Okay. Just jaundice? Yeah. I've, I've you know, I, I haven't had enough bananas. Okay. Okay, cool. Okay. okay. I think sure. that's what it is. Elsa, do you want to ask Steve what's on his mind tonight? What's on your mind tonight? Well, so thanks for asking. Uh, what is on my mind tonight is a who it is a patron. This is a patron. Thank you. What's on my mind tonight? We want to thank Joao H, one of our patrons, uh, for listening to the show, donating to the show. We love the support. We are very, very appreciative of all the support that we are getting from our patrons. And as a thank you, we want to give... Uh, Joao, a new job here in the lair. Because, Daniel, have you noticed that there are, like, bots all over the place? Yeah. What is up with that, Steve? Yeah. Well, okay, Mike's in this spot world kick, and he just keeps leaving his spots all over the place. And I've seen multiple minions just, like, accidentally fall into them uh, and just disappear. Is this because he's still, like, worked up about, you know, blowing up the lab and stuff? No, I don't know. I don't really know. Or is this just like one of his new hobbies? One of his new hobbies. And these spots definitely need to be cleaned up. Um, We used to have a card shark, and I think it fell in one of the spots. Um, I think we even lost a developer in there uh, a couple issues ago. So, Joao, you are our new spot cleaner for the Secret Lair. And thank thank you, you very much. Yes. Thank you, thank you. Mike, is there anything you want to say about these things? Hmm? Sorry, I wasn't listening. I was... I was somewhere else. He had huh. his head in a spot. <laughs> I love it. Uh, well, I got to do the what's on your mind tonight because, uh, Daniel, you're going to be doing a lot of talking tonight, aren't you? Oh, I do have a story to tell. Yeah, because we are going to look at the Mystique modular set, mm. uh, which is our first modular set that we're going to do out of the Mutant Genesis campaign box. So where do we where do we find this in the box? Does it belong in it? It's just just number this one. Is, this gets used in Sabretooth and Mansion Ooh. Attack. Uh-huh. So. Sabretooth. That that fella might come up in my story tonight. Oh, excellent. Well, I'm gonna sit back and relax and just listen yeah. to Daniel tell us a tale. Mike, you ready? You out of one of your spots? Hmm? Uh you have my full attention. <laughs> Always do. All right. Now, here on Critical Counters, one could reasonably argue that we are, on the whole, villain apologists. I mean, that's true, right, guys? As long as that villain is not the Balaclava, yes, absolutely. (laughs) I mean, you know, we go to some distance, some lengths, to articulate the various ways in which our baddies are only only so because the circumstances often beyond their control. And I, I also think, guys, that it's fair that we do that. Now, I agree with that. Yes. Thank you, Steve. Now, I have been charged with the somewhat 
enormous task of Mystique's background. Now I'll tell you right now that I'm only covering some of it because what I find fascinating about her isn't any of the nefarious plans she could concoct, any notorious underhanded scheme she may be a part of, but rather I'm interested in the cost of her being her. See, I think that's what's most compelling about the mutant stories, such as I know them from Marvel, is that there's this enormous toll taken on all the characters just by virtue of something entirely beyond their control. They never asked for their difference, but are forced continuously to live within and against it as they navigate the hurdles and complexities of their lives. It must be weird. And if your mutant superpower manifests like mystiques, it has to be triply harrowing to the psyche and the soul. Well, why? Because on the most basic level, you know what she is, guys? She's an actor, a person who plays a thousand parts but never really knows any of them, who possesses merely a, a superficial understanding of the beings she impersonates. She can look like you easily enough, but she can never be you. And over time, what that must do is potentially catastrophic, maybe even enough to drive you bad. Might she have a uh, crisis of identity? I think maybe. Now, Mike, added to this notion is the fact that Mystique is very old. Do you guys know how old she is? You mean like the character or like since she was written? The character. Oh, uh, no. I don't think I know enough of her childhood yeah. to even hazard so, a guess. So she's very old. She's been consumed by her powers for over a hundred years, maybe even 150, to be more wow. exact. Even her name, Raven Darkholm, is a fabrication brought forth in a moment of whimsy. <laughs> Thank goodness, I was going to say. <laughs> that better not be her birth name. No, no, it's not. Now, lots of actors have discussed the psychic toll their profession has taken on them. You're constantly in the process of splitting your identity, fragmenting the self until, after a certain number of roles of incomplete research into them, you may no longer remember or have access to the you that used to be you or that you thought was at one point you. You know what I mean? Crisis of identity. To inhabit the physical world of another as you desperately try to come to grips with the emotional one pulls the self in too many directions to deleterious effect, gentlemen. It sounds like. Um, we've always had a trouble with you in this game, and so has <laughs> Mystique. Yeah. Mystique is the oh embodiment my. of that trouble. Yes, yeah. right. Mystique, you are not Squirrel Girl. <laughs> <laughs> Unless you are. Wait, no. Okay. Now, we know nothing of Mystique's younger years, really, before the age of 12 when she appears suddenly in the comics, first using her powers as she just struggles to survive. Who are her parents? What's her nationality? Who knows her? Where was she born? We have none of those answers. And maybe it's the fact that she's so wholly without origin that she can stay sane through the terribly long lifetime her powers have granted her. I don't know. Her first friend, who is also her first love interest, her first companion, the impetus of all her early movement as a character, a believer of things, as a doer, is another mutant, Irene Adler. Now, the two of them forge a unique bond as they try to control their powers, as they, as they help each other try to understand the uniqueness that defines them. Adler can see into the future, and what she spies horrifies her. And the two dedicate themselves to the impossible task of thwarting impending disaster that they can neither explain nor control. 
Adler is blinded, literally, by her vision. And the two come to see, quite consequentially, the divide between the easily accessed personal gain and the burden of attempting to reign over the more universal problems that vex humanity. In short, in short, gentlemen, they cannot save the world. Maybe can't even save themselves, but their powers grant them a facility and safeguard against the terrors of the world. Now, Mystique learns many roles in her youth, becoming so many different people, but she can never fully inhabit them. For a while, this one this one kind of blew me away, guys. For a while, she literally is Sherlock Holmes. Oh, I was going to say Irene Adler. Yes, but what Conan Doyle has given us isn't Mystique, but the male character we all know and revere. She played the part only to see it bastardized in a, by a literary know-it-all. Ugh. She fought crime, she caught bad guys, and all the while the credit belonged to personas she created. For the mutant strain that ran through her rendered her a pariah when in her natural form. Now this tears at her guys, and it becomes hard to know whom to trust. Now without Adler, she becomes unmoored, untethered to a moral compass, and sees, maybe selfishly, maybe not, that her choice is really only to rely on her own self, her own cunning, her ability to become the other. And it's how she stays alive. She meets Wolverine in the Mexican desert, and the two escape a firing squad, yet she betrays him for fear that he may be just like the others, the ones who call her a witch, who hunt her down. So much. So many things have taken her down the path to leads her to where she is in our game, here in the saber-tooth scenario. And note again that she is merely a modular, a side character. Victor Creed, a.k.a. Sabretooth, he understood her and they fell in love. But it was a brief affair and came out during one of Mystique's many confrontations with her moral understanding of her universe and her part in it. And in this short-lived dalliance, yielded to her a son, one who grew to despise his own mother, to work towards her destruction, yet another who sought only to vilify her. Where do you turn when the world is against you, yet you possess the power to assume the identity of anyone in it? You turn inward, into your fractured self, into the cracked mirror that you've become, and you stare at that fragmented self reflected back at you, and at which you can no longer see just how to put back together. Now, we'll have lots more to say in the future about Mystique. Probably things that, you know, actually relate to this game and generally to her backstory. She's Rogue's nemesis. And so someone will take on the story of that fraught relationship as they explore Mystique's story, which is closer to us in Marvel comic time. Now, tonight, guys, I just wanted to consider what it would be like to be her, which really means what it's like not being her. Now, that's my story, fellas. I know I didn't touch much in the comics and the stories themselves, but the Nerdiverse already knows that stuff. I wanted to focus my lens on what I considered most compelling to me about her identity. I read a lot about her, and there's the usual amount of bananas and crazy, and yeah, she's pretty villainous most of the time, but I think it really does come at a cost. I like her, though. I like her a lot, and she deserves to be a more major player in our game, damn it. Anyway, Mystique Part 2 to follow soon, folks, so stay tuned. Oh, that was excellent. Yeah. I really enjoyed that. Uh, was it true? All of it. Okay, cool. Well, define, define true. <laughs> <laughs> there are there are facts within what I explore here, yes. Okay, cool. So, Irene Adler, Sabretooth, she had a kid, she was Sherlock Holmes. 
Who's your kid? Oh, Nightcrawler. Is it really? Isn't it? I don't know. I, I don't know my mutants. I don't, I, no, I, he, I don't think he has any mutant powers. Now, there is some kind of something about Nightcrawler in some story about her that I thought that they were lovers, though. Uh, he, Nightcrawler is, but that might not be the kid you were talking about. Maybe she is more. I've only discovered that she had a single child who did not have mutant powers and hated his mom for hers. With Sabretooth. Is With that, Sabretooth. Is, okay. Yeah. No. So Nightcrawler is the son of Mystique and Azazel. So uh, yeah. It's oh. Different dad. Okay. okay. Still. Um, yeah. I think the exploration of the self with her and all of the fractured identity is, is very interesting and compelling. And I agree. We, we need a more than just a modular set for her. So, yeah, but maybe, you know, well, I guess we have two sets for her, but we could stand to have a third. Um, yeah. We'll, we'll have to see. Do these cards, do these cards touch on what you talked about, Daniel? I doubt it. I bet it's more about how she's a bad guy. Probably. Well, why don't, should we take a look at them then? Or is sure. there more to say? Yeah. Sure. Well, you know, I just think about like actors in general, you know, and a lot of times people will talk about when they really meet an actor, or they, whatever, they think they're kind of loony. <laughs> and like, I sometimes wonder how they couldn't be. Right. right? Yeah. Their actual person self is just this celebrity rich person who already doesn't make sense to the rest of humanity and is kind of on the outside because, you know, they can't go shopping. They can't do anything. And then, you know, their professional life is simply being other people. Right. Yeah. Especially those goofy method actors. Oof, right? The Jared Leto's of the world. Yeah. Right? And, and I, I don't know. I just, I mean, that's essentially what Mystique's been for 150 years. Right? Yeah, interesting how old she is, too. Yeah. An actor who gets actually kind of no credit for the roles she inhabits. So, and it would be, you know, it'd be one thing if she could kind of dip into people and kind of also get into their brain, become their, like, understand their memories and their motivations and stuff. She can just look like people. You know, and cause mayhem that way, and that's fine. But you know, it reminds me of kind of like, um, are you guys watching Secret Invasion? Yes, I've seen the first two. Well, you know, like like the whole scroll thing, right? Like they they sort of have a similar issue where they can look like people, um, but until recently, they weren't able to access like who that person was, or could they always? Could they always? Inhabit oh, they have patterns? they have like the machines that help now them they have do the machine it. that does it, right? Yeah. They used to be able to just look like you, right? Yeah, and I. I wonder in that show, we're on a sidetrack here, but I wonder in that show if those machines are like little psyche magnetrons. They like look like got, it, right? Yeah, like we got in the uh, that one modular nemesis set with the Kree. I can't think of who it was. Right. Well, you guys caught me monologuing. Yeah, awesome. Well, let's look at some cards then. Let me tell you about the woman of the hour here. Mystique is a unique minion with star scheme and star attack. Nine health yeah she's brotherhood of mutants and elite traded she's toughness players cannot attack the villain and her stars are her scheme is equal to the villain's scheme and her attack is equal to the villain's attack and she has three boost icons as she should she is one of the most powerful minions we have in the game and this card doesn't answer the question who is she nope no it, it, she's whoever She's portraying, so. You know, what I wish she did was get passed around the table 
and become oh, yeah. like the strongest character in front of whoever she's with. Right. That could be kind of funny. Yeah, I mean, taking on the the role of the villain, however, and then preventing players, all players, from attacking the villain. So she's guard for yeah. everyone at the table. Yeah. Um, yeah, it'd be it'd be interesting if like her hit points also matched that or something like that. <laughs> oh god, it could be a lot of <laughs> or scaled per player or something. I I have found that I mean sh- this this card is a good card for the villain. Like it is. It can be very frustrating as a player when Mystique right. comes out. Like she can just mess your game up really good. And I've never played a game with her where that other card from maybe I don't know what set it's from, but the one that gives the a minion five hit points. Oh, that's in the Brotherhood set. Yeah, yeah. Oh, which yeah. She, which is also with Sabretooth, right? Like she, I feel like she always has fourteen hit points. Correct. You're talking about the Homo Superior attachment. Yes, that that's, it. Yes. that's it. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yes, she always has 14 points. <laughs> <laughs> and so, yeah, I think she's great. I, I'll echo all of that and add a couple points. Uh, first, theme home run, right? You're, you can't, it's not that you can't attack the villain. It's that you think she's the villain. Yeah, you right. think you are attacking the villain, <laughs> but you're not. It's her. Yeah. Yeah. Um, perhaps if they really wanted to go like knock it out of the park they would have been like the actual villain schemes or something like that mystique is the villain while the other one just goes and schemes and does their thing but uh, the other thing i like about this card is that it doubles down on what the villain does if you have a high scheming villain and they both end up scheming that's crazy yeah or you have what one of these four attack villains now you have you're dealing with two of those yeah it's good yeah the villain still attacks her schemes and then she attacks her schemes for the same amount yeah Except she's not villainous. Yeah. Yeah. Which but maybe would make her just like a little too powerful, but still, uh, you know, they gave her toughness instead. Yeah. I mean, in the games, I mean, she, she appears a lot. Right. And I feel like she shows up on the table and every player, and this is why Steve, I like your idea of maybe a per player hit points thing. Cause a table of three people can take her down in a round before, you know, like, cause you gotta, you have to, right. You have to. Yes. You have to. Yeah, so if she had villainous that it wouldn't be too overpowered because the chances of her using it are slimmer. Yeah. You know, it's a fun scenario to put the, her in. I don't know about the rest of the cards, but light at the end, the sinister six, where she would be changing which villain she is as the villain token moves. So she'd oh be a my different gosh. villain every time. That'd be kind of neat. So, and you couldn't go after them. And she cool. has just as many hit points that they have. Yeah. That could be yeah. Fun. Oh, that is cool. I like that. Yeah. And you don't get the benefit of knocking her out either. No. That's awesome. Okay. All right. Well, there's some more cards. Mike, do you want to do the next one? And her deck is really defined by her treacheries. Yeah. Yeah. So. Let's hear about him, gentlemen. Shapeshifter surprise! <laughs> uh, Shapeshifter traded. When revealed, shuffle this card into your deck. This card gains Surge. Forced response. After this card enters your hand, Mystique activates against you. Otherwise, search the encounter deck and discard pile for Mystique and reveal her. Ah, uh, yes. And the discard pile. That's the surprise! <laughs> yeah. yeah, really, really good. Yeah, two boosts, so that's that's nice and solid. This is a non-bow in Mysterio, however, um, 
because of the timing, Mysterio is like a forced interrupt, which it gets put down, and then this is the response, so it never enters your hand. So that's a little funky timing there. But in everything else, this is a great card. Oh, yeah, you're right. The timing is wonky. Okay. Yeah, because this is like when you draw it, and it's an interrupt, so his it, it would get put down face down as an encounter card you would you would go up against. And then you flip it over eventually, and it would surge, and it would end up back in your deck. So you just keep adding more and more cards. So it does something, but it never does the surprise mm. part of it. Well, that's interesting. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So it's it surges. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Um, not much else to say about it except I'm glad they have another way of fetching Mystique. Yeah. Yeah. How many of them are, uh, those are there? Just the one, I think. Just the one. The one. Okay. Yeah. And it's neat too because it does take up space in your hand, so you lose out on a card when you go to draw it. And you get Mystique. So you're already behind the eight ball. I like that. All right. Well, there's an, another treachery here I'll tell you about. It's called Infiltration. And there are two of these. This is also Shapeshifter Traded. Has a, when revealed, shuffle this card into your deck. This card gains Surge. And a forced response after this card enters your hand. Discard an ally or support you control. You may discard this card from your hand at the end of the player phase, like any other card, with one boost icon woohoo hey yeah another theme win yeah she's like taking something out because you don't know it's her and oh my god i'm not that wasn't bruno that was mystique (laughs) and it's taking up a a spot in your hand right (sighs) yep why is there not the little parenthetical for shapeshifter surprise does it stay in your deck i no there's just not enough room on the card but the intent is you also pitch that back into the encounter, right? Yeah, at the end of your turn, either one of Shapeshifter, Surprise, or Infiltration, you can discard from your hand at the end of the player phase like any other card. You could also discard them for other effects, maybe, that are like discard a random card from your hand or something along those lines, but it doesn't generate resources. It sits in your hand. So, yeah. Hey, would there ever be a reason to keep these cards in your hand? No. <laughs> I mean, I guess if you don't want them going back in the encounter deck. Yeah. Right? I mean... They don't have icons on them, so you can't pitch them for resources. Yeah. There is... Like, there are a couple cards where they are useful. Like anything that says, draw two cards, pitch one. Oh, Was yeah. it like the Champion's card? The Champion's Mobile Bunker, for example. Yeah. Stuff like that works, but otherwise, yeah, they're dead. But they're also not taking your things away. Yeah, but... Yeah, but you have a, a pan size. <laughs> you have less <laughs> things. Just by one. <laughs> I think that's great. Players should just hold on to them. Yeah, yeah, that is, you're that saving is your, pro play. Like, you know, like if you're on the table with Iron Man and he's trying to get himself set up, you know, hold this for him for a bit. Okay, so here's here's a trick I guess you could do. You've just defeated Mystique. Or you've just drawn Shapeshifter Surprise. It went and fetched Mystique. Mystique comes out. So now you have to kill Mystique. And the you know the encounter deck's about to reset. So you hold on to Shapeshifter Surprise until the deck resets so it doesn't go back in the deck so there aren't, like, two of them, right? Like, you wait you wait to discard it so it's the first card in the discard pile. I mean, maybe that's a sort of tactic you could use just to prevent it from being in the deck, but it seems like a lot of work. Yeah, someone should totally do that. I'll do it next time we play her. Okay, you. great. <laughs> <laughs> <A> so-called <laughs> hero. <laughs> I'll just keep holding Infiltration and Shapeshifter Surprise till I'm drawing two cards. Can you thwart for two, Daniel? No. <laughs> <laughs> My hand size is reduced by three because I'm holding on to all of these cards. 
I could if you give me your helicarrier. <laughs> um, all right. As we all know, these modulars come with their own scheme, the own thing they're trying to do. Did you guys know that Mystique's shapeshifting makes her all manner of trouble? I, I did know that. Yeah. Seems kind of obvious. Now, her side scheme is called metaphoric mayhem. No. Isn't that metamorphic? Oh, yeah. I was going to make a kind of a, it's like not very metaphorical. She really is. Oh, yeah. Okay. Mayhemy, right? Metamorphic mayhem. Thanks, Steve. <laughs> okay. Hey, I don't get to correct people often no. when it comes to this kind of thing. I'm taking yeah. my chance. I'm glad that you did it. Okay. Um, reading is hard. <laughs> All right. So, metaphorical metamorphic mayhem. <laughs> when defeated, the player who defeated this scheme shuffles each shapeshifter card from the encounter discard pile into their deck. Now, why would you defeat the thing? Because it does come with that plus one... Uh, amplify icon. Amplify, yeah, the amplify icon, which I always think is a jet flying away. I know, and, I know. Because it came in the box with the jet in it, yeah. It's an X-jet. <laughs> X-jet. So. Yep. Um, and it comes with just three, no matter what, three threat. Yeah, I actually think that uh, the heroes should leave it in play. Suffer the Amplify icon because it's three boost icons. You don't want to be dealing with that three boost icon. Especially as I, as I said a couple weeks ago, I never remember the Amplify icon, so it's not a big deal. <laughs> True. <laughs> um, you can game it, right? You can look in the discard pile and say, oh, there aren't any shapeshifter cards in here, so let's clear it, that kind of thing. It's a little disappointing that Mystique herself does not have the shapeshifter trait. Wouldn't it be better <laughs> if it could shuffle her back? So, but it, but it shuffled into your deck. Yeah. Oh, okay. Never mind. You're right. It doesn't work. I was just thinking back into the deck. Uh, maybe I think you're hitting on something. Like maybe it shouldn't be shapeshifter. Maybe it should be a shapeshift card. Oh yeah. A semantical issue, like metamorphic and metaphorical. By the way, it also comes with three not-metaphorical boost icons. Also, it comes with a dry erase marker. Look at that art. Yeah, I see that. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god, it is. So what? what? Is she beating up a teacher? Does anyone know what this is about? There's a tape dispenser right there, too. Just behind the boost icons. It's like (gasps) an office dispenser. Yeah. I, I don't know what that's from. Is she, from. like, robbing an office depot? Like, what's happening? Oh, my God. That's so funny. Uh, All right. I need to know, like, because this comes from a comic, so. Yeah. We'll have to do a little research. Listeners, if you know what art this is from, <laughs> share it with us on our Please. Discord or Facebook page. Because <laughs> um, this is just too bizarre. Um, yeah. She's huh. probably, like, infiltrated shield or something and there's like a shield agent because she's kicking nick fury it looks like in her minion art so then maybe you know this is like some mook there in the in the, his, <laughs> his executive assistant she's beating up next so. yeah jeez, it's just it's just the guy like the guy like taking notes on the whiteboard <laughs> yeah the front <laughs> desk <laughs> all right so this this set seems pretty fun Let's give it a rating. What do you guys think? It's a blast. A plus for me. Yeah, this is an A plus. It's a great a set. Okay. Yep. I'm going to, I mean, does it get an X rating for X-Men? I don't, is that a thing? Well, X rating is a thing, Steve, but I don't think it's what we want this show to be about. Oh, that's three X's. But oh. Yeah, you're right. Okay. 
Um, yeah, I agree. I think this is a great set. Ton of fun. Put it in. Play it. So, and it's it's you can really put it anywhere, with the exception, I guess, of you know Mysterio. But Mysterio's a little funky. It's yeah. it's one of those really good anywhere, highly adaptable, change the game kind of sets. Seems on theme, highly adaptable. Yeah, love it. Mm. All right, uh, Mike, how are the folks going to tell us where this art comes from? Where the art comes from, and what was that guy writing that prompted that response from Mystique? You can email us at criticalencounterspod <laughs> at gmail.com. We are Critical Encounters on Facebook, and you can find our YouTube channel or Patreon by searching for Critical Encounters Podcast. And on Discord, we are Hardane, Big Foam Loaf, and Marcus Duke. If you like our show, tell your friends. If you don't like our show, tell your enemies. Mystique, take us out. I'm not a woman to be trifled with.